It's time for the latest local, regional, and national sports topics of the day. It's the Sports Fan, presented by J&K Contracting. Now, from the WATH studios, here's Connor Mills. From the studios of WATH, this is the Sports Fan, a 970 97.1 FM. Connor Mills and Mike, along with Joe Medor on this 10th day of July, 6.06, right here on the clock, and about 86 degrees and partly sunny outside here in southeast Ohio. The Sports Fan presented by J&K Contracting, and uh, in the studios with us here, the sports director from WOUB, Michael Roth, joins us on the Sports Fan of this program. It's good to have him on the airwaves again. We had him call in a couple days in a row, but uh, now we have the, the fortune to uh, to have him here uh, at least here in southeast Ohio. Roth, how are you? Uh, I'm fantastic, Connor. You know, a uh, good good time twice uh, twice this week. I've uh, I've called in from uh, from my home up in Cleveland, but now uh, now I'm here face to face. We're gonna have to get Roth on the payroll here soon. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's competing stations here. You know, we, we got WAP against uh, ATH against SEO. Ah, oh, we're, we're radio versus TV. There's no we 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 work. We all, all work. We're together. all partners. Exactly. Well, so you, you do have that uh, the sports beat, right? I mean, as a sports director, you oversee the radio show. Uh, over there, that that's uh, what is that? Wednesdays, Thursdays, uh, over on WAB. I can't remember what day. I believe it's Thursday. Six to yeah. seven. Thursdays. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, direct competition right there, though, because we got sports fans every uh, every day of the week. Uh, but you know, again, it's uh, no Athens baseball. Again, Athens baseball has been canceled for the rest of the season. Uh, they would have had a game uh, earlier today. They would have had a late game. They had a game scheduled for eleven thirty and uh, for seven o'clock today, but. Uh, Chillicothe JV replaced Athens in that Chillicothe tournament, which would have been their final uh, five games of the season. And Chillicothe JV lost in five by a score of 11 to nothing. And that was the only score that we could have seen this morning. Uh, but Chillicothe enters in and uh, does not fare as well as maybe Athens could have uh, in this tournament. But again, you got to think of the health. you got to think of the safety of the players, the coaches, and everybody involved with this, especially since there's an uptick uh, in the virus here in southeast Ohio. Yeah, I just there's been a spike in cases around this area, so it seems people are trying to be a little bit more cautious. Uh, but they were able to play 18 games, got uh, went nine and nine in that stretch uh, when they didn't even think they were going to get to play baseball at all. Uh, they lost their spring season, but they were able to piece together a few weeks there in the summer for the the seniors to, from Athens to all get to play with each other one last time. And it's unfortunate they got to pull out of the tournament, but as you said, uh, health is the uh, number one concern at the moment and a lot of uh, i've seen a lot of businesses uptown athens are closing their doors until further notice uh you know everybody's taking precautions and you can't blame anybody for taking precautions again health and safety is of the utmost importance uh but it is a disappointing uh, turn of events uh that we had sports a little bit back in southeast ohio now we have to wait until about the 23rd or the 24th until we can get reds baseball right here uh, on 970 wath but I think the next thing that we can look forward to, at least for high school sports now, would be the startup of the high school football season. And hopefully things are a little bit better than they were uh, you know, at this time. And hopefully we can, uh, we can get high school football on the airwaves and have that back up and going again, uh, which would be an exciting season. Of course, Athens will be led by Joey Moore and the rest of the Bulldog crew. And I think the TVC Ohio would be uh, kind of wide open a little bit. We'll see what teams emerge. But... Uh, you got to look forward to high school football coming up next. Yeah, I mean, the TVC Ohio is completely wide open, in my opinion. I mean, 
I could say that I could see realistically maybe four, five different teams winning the TVC Ohio Championship next year. Uh, I, I don't think it would be a unrealistic to have Athens, Nelsonville, York, Venton County, uh, Megs, or Wellston uh, all competing to win the TVC Ohio Championship. Um, and then, you know, Alexander and River Valley, uh, they're, they're looking to like make some progress uh, after last season. So, yeah, I really think the TVC Ohio could be one of the more uh, wide-open leagues with uh, anybody kind of having a chance to beat anybody on any given week because uh, a lot of leagues you have that one clear-cut favorite, and um, I really don't think that there exists a clear-cut favorite in the TVC Ohio next year. Yeah, it was like that last year, too. I mean, uh, you know, Wellston beat MY, uh, Athens beat Wellston, and then MY went on to beat Athens to uh, earn a share of the title the end of last week in the, the big rivalry game. It's uh, kind of like Ross said, I think uh, Athens has the benefit of having the most talented player in the conference in Joey Moore. I mean, we had him as a Gridiron Glory Player of the Year candidate last year at uh, WUB. And I wouldn't be surprised if he's the one representing the conference again this year. I just think he was, I mean, he was at the top of division, all of division two in passing yards playing for Athens last year. And uh, we know he's a dual threat as well. And I mean, the only question I kind of have about Wellston is, uh, was it a one-off is what I kind of want to think about. I mean, I think uh, Mike Smith's a great coach and he proved, I mean, how quickly he turned the program around. But I, I mean, Ryla Malahan was kind of the heart and soul of that team, and he's gone now, so I don't really know what ca- what kind of talent they have following up this year. Yeah, the biggest thing about Wellston is they kind of ended the year a little bit rocky. I, I believe they had that Week 10 loss to, was it Vinton County? And that I believe it was Vinton County, a yeah. share of the TVC Ohio title. They, they were kind of set looking like they were going to win the title after they uh, they what, they what beat Athens, um, but then they kind of skidded at the end of the year. They got what shut out um, in their playoff game, uh, so that was kind of rocky end of the year but yeah like you mentioned Mike Smith one of the, one of the top coaches in all of southeast ohio after what he was able to do last year we'll see if that was that senior class headlined by Ryland Mullahan or if Mike Smith really is starting to build something at Wellston and they're going to be competing you mentioned Joey Moore somebody might be one of the best players in all of southeast ohio well what about Coulter Cleland like he True. had a fantastic season at Megs. You know, he might not have as much help on the outside as Joey Moore has in Athens, but he is another very talented player. He's going to put up some big-time numbers. You know, he put up big-time numbers his freshman year and his sophomore year. Uh, I'm excited to see what he does for an encore during his junior season. You know, Megs is a team that doesn't get a lot of hype. Uh, they're, they're a little bit of a smaller school uh, in terms of enrollment numbers compared to teams like the Athen- uh, Athens Bulldogs. But, yeah, I think that's, a, that's kind of a sleeper team that might uh, excite some fans uh, if we get football this season and put up a lot of points. That's a great point also because uh, very rarely, especially in like small towns, you don't really get a guy at quarterback that's going to play three or four seasons, all of them on varsity. And they do have that in Cleveland. Uh, as you mentioned, he had the big numbers his freshman year. Took a little bit of a step back last year, but of course didn't really have the help. So uh, yeah, he's a, he's a very talented player as well. And just the experience that he's going to have from uh, starting all of his first couple seasons at the quarterback position will be important. And VC, I mean, take a thought, think about all the uh, tough games VC played last year. They beat Wellston. They took MY to the wire. They, took, they were beating Athens by two scores in the fourth quarter before Athens came all the way back and won that game eventually. But, you know, they were in every game in conference. So uh, there's a lot of teams you kind of have to look at this year, whereas in the past, uh, in this past decade, it seems like it's been, at, well, everybody knows Athens is going to dominate, you know, MY is going to dominate. But there's a... Uh, these smaller schools, uh, I think, are going to put up more of a fight this year. Yeah, I think. Well, this, when Roth was talking about, you know, what teams had a chance here with River Valley and, and Alexander, like, 
All right, I know River Valley has been down for a couple of years, but what about Alexander? I mean, Alexander showed some promise at the beginning of their season, and then, all right, wheels started to fall off. They lost a couple in a row, uh, didn't end their season as strong as they would have liked to, but I think you know, at the beginning of the year, things were promising for them, and I think they could have had a chance uh, had they, obviously, had they won more games, but still, uh, you know, I think things just didn't go right for them at the end of the year, and they did have a promising season until things went south. Yeah, I mean, like, like you mentioned, Alexander, they they start off the year three and zero, uh, and then they get, they get into conference play, and things uh, things kind of go go off the rails a little bit. You know, they lose twenty eight to six to Athens, and then uh, get shut out by Wellston, only scored seven points against Vinton County. That's three straight losses where they only scored thirteen points. Uh, they kind of bounced back uh, with a thirty five nothing win against River Valley, and then only a three point loss to NY and Warren. So. I guess, yeah, maybe Alexander is a team that some people are sleeping on because, you know, you flip uh, the score of that NY game and have them win it 13-10, to 10, the whole conference standings are turned on its head. And uh, like Wellston, they, they only lost a Wellston game by one score as well, and Warren would have been a really nice win for them. They only lost that game by three points as well. I think that uh, that 23-point loss at Megs in Week 10 is uh, maybe clouding our judgment a little bit where uh, where we don't think this team can compete but there uh, there were definite signs of promise for the Alexander Spartans uh, last season and it'll be interesting to see just looking at their 2020 non-conference schedule right now uh, they're going to be traveling to South Point in week one and uh, also taking on Burn Union so that, that's um that's going to be two games that uh, I think that they uh, can't expect to compete to win and then week uh week three they're uh hosting belpre a uh a tvc hawking opponent that uh i think they'll they'll expect to win that game yeah so again I, I thought alexander had a lot of chances last year and a lot of close losses uh that they could maybe turn into wins this year who knows i mean another year of improvement another year of growth and alexander could be you know jumping into the top uh top of the tvc ohio and of course you know so we got uh athens we've got Alexander, NY, Wellston, Megs, and then you say River Valley, uh, not really uh, any chances. Yeah, I mean, I would say River Valley is probably the outlier, but uh, top to bottom, it's probably the strongest the conference, maybe not strongest is the right word, the most competitive the conference will be in the next few years. I mean, what's we got to see? I mean, we haven't really seen too many reports. Obviously, they can't be out there working out and stuff like that, and that's going to affect if they get to play starting in uh, the end of August. You know, we don't know when they're going to be able to start practicing. Of course, they're allowed to have, like, inner squads, seven-on-sevens and things like that right now. But we'll we'll see. I mean, everybody's going to be a little rusty. Uh, but I don't know. It's tough. It's tough. It's tough to predict. Because, uh, I, I mean, mean if you just look at all the results last year. Was, nobody was really t- – I mean, two teams won the title, and, like, nobody really blew anybody out besides everybody kind of killed River Valley. But other than that, it was pretty competitive conference the whole season. Yeah, I mean, every, every team won a conference game. Um, like Alexander beat River Valley, River Valley beat Megs, and Megs beat Alexander. So uh, every team finishes with a conference win. I, I think there's reasons for Megs to think they can avenge that River Valley loss. I think there's reasons for Alexander to think they can avenge that Megs loss and for River, River Valley to avenge that Alexander loss. So kind of all three of those teams that finish near the bottom of the standings next year, they're, they're going to expect to win uh, two or more conference games this year. And, and especially you... You look at uh, like Alexander's schedule; it, it kind of shapes up really well for them to um, make a run this year because they they travel to South Point. That's a team that they beat last year. Only went one and nine. Uh, 
Blackburn Union, Belpre, those are winnable games. They also travel to South Gallia in Week 9. That that should be a win for the Alexander Spartans. You, you throw in a home game against Athens in Week 4, maybe you get an upset. And uh, then they also host River Valley and Megs in Week 7 and 10. You know, the schedule does kind of line up pretty well for if Alexander has a more competitive team, they could... They could easily finish with uh, like six wins. Um, that's not so far out of the question for this team. And I don't know if you haven't. What what did they finish last year? Did they finish around 500? Because I, I I got a remembrance that they did. Yeah, uh, they were four and six. So, yeah, so but only one win in conference. They were uh, they were three three and one out of conference. Well, I remember within Gridiron last year, after the first few weeks, we were talking about Alexander potentially being kind of a contender because they were three and zero. We didn't really expect it, and then uh, I think we went to that Athens game and they got pummeled and it kind of took them off our radar. But yeah, no, they were they had got off to a good start. You know, it has a really tough non-conference schedule. Just pulling it up and looking at it, and Athens kind of always does this to themselves. But they open up home against Waverly, they go to Jackson. Then they have Marietta at home before they get into conference play. And then they also travel to Logan. Right, which, I mean, I believe Logan blew them out last year. So no, yeah, that, was, that was a tough game. I was sitting right next to Troy, and he was not, <laughs> yeah. not too happy yeah, with that game. That was a tough one. It was a, it was a tough one, but still, uh, you know, Athens, yeah, let's see what they do here, too, with, with Joey Moore and the rest of the Athens Bulldog team. Uh, again, we're talking a little bit about, yeah, we, we're preparing for the, the high school football season a little bit now because... Athens baseball is done. There's been no uh, baseball really at the professional level to talk about. And, of course, things are starting to shut down again a little bit around here. Uh, but if you want to jump in on the conversation, phone lines are always open at 740-592-6646. Again, that's 6646 uh, right here. Jump onto the sports fan. We'll take a short break. We'll come back, break down more things as you're listening to 970, 97.1 FM, WATH. In these trying times, aging adults can be saddled with big decisions. True, but resources for healthy aging are available at Buckeye Hills Regional Council. Resources for healthy aging? Yes, like long-term care consultations for planning and in-home care support for qualified individuals as possible alternatives to nursing home care. Information that would relieve stress for the entire family and help aging adults stay in their homes longer. Buckeye Hills Regional Council is Southeast Ohio's area agency on aging. Visit online at BuckeyeHills.org or call one 800 331 where do you go when you need car insurance? Matthews Insurance Agency at 240 Columbus Road is a friendly, reliable, locally owned small business that has served the Athens area since 1945. We hope when you need insurance, you'll give us a call at 593-5573 or Google Matthews Insurance and fill out an online quote request on our website, Matthews Insurance. We're here to help. Join us each week for AutoSmarts. You'll never know who will show up. Jay Leno, welcome to AutoSmarts. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you. Tom Garlitz, thanks for everything. Thank you so much. Bill Engvall. And Bill, how are you today, sir? I'm doing just great. The one and only Carl Edwards joins us today. How are you doing, brother? I'm doing really good, and uh, thank you for having me on. This is cool. So come on. Join in the fun. That's AutoSmarts. Friday afternoons at 106 on 970 WATH and 97.1 FM. 
From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. This is the Sports Fan on 970 WATH. And the Sports Fan right here on 970 WATH. Mills and the Mike alongside Joe Midori. And we got Michael Roth in the studios with us here on this 10th day of July. 622 on the clock and still around 84 degrees out. Make it 86 and partly sunny outside. I can't believe, did you guys see the rain earlier today? Because it was like... Down yeah, Roth early. had to run out in it because uh, he had to go to his apartment, unfortunately for him. And then it stopped like two minutes later. Yeah, I had to roll my windows up in my car. <laughs> and the seats were already soaked. And by the time I rolled my windows up, literally less than two minutes later, the rain had completely stopped. It, w- it was pretty bizarre. Yeah, I mean, over on our sister station, uh, for the midday shift from 10 to 3, you can hear Kendra. And Kendra had left her windows open, right? And, you know, she's still on the air, and she even mentions that, hey, sorry, i got to go quick. And it wraps up and then runs outside, runs out into pouring rain, and probably sits in a puddle of, of uh, water right in her chair right there. But, uh, yeah, that, I don't know, she left her windows open just like <laughs> you left the windows open a little bit. It's been hot, uh, but nice to get a little bit of rain in there. Uh, but we've been talking a little bit about, you know, the TVC Ohio and TVC uh, Hawking. Uh, talk about that now. And, of course, again, phone lines are open at 740-592-6646. And, Roth, you covered a little bit of the Hawking uh, last year with, with your work with Gridiron Glory and others. Uh, what is the Hawking? Of course, you know, we got to favor a little bit Trimble here because Trimble has been dominant in the conference. But still, uh, what is your breakdown and preview for the TVC Hawking? You know, the TVC Hawking is going to be a lot more competitive than it was last year because of the teams that the TVC Hawking is losing. They're losing Federal Hawking. They're losing Wahama. They're losing Miller. Those three teams were always near the bottom of the conference. Yeah. I would say... Wins everybody else, those three, pretty much. Besides South Gallia and Southern, every other team in the TVC Hawking should expect to make the playoffs next year. Trimble, every year, they expect to make the playoffs. That's that's an expectation at that program. Waterford kind of has been the same way recently. They, they've had a very successful program. You know, Eastern made the playoffs last season. They, they didn't do great once they made the playoffs, but, you know, they had that big rivalry victory over Southern to get there. So that's another team that should be looking to build on their success. And, you know, Belpre, they were on the outside looking in, but, you know, there was a time last season where we thought that maybe Belpre would be able to make a run and sneak into the playoffs. They unfortunately did not uh, execute uh, enough victories in their non-conference portion of the schedule. And that's what's so exciting about the TVC Hawking this year. Trimble doesn't have to play Wahama. They get Miller off their schedule. You look at this, well, actually, Miller is still on their schedule, even though Miller is outside of the TVC Hawking. You look at this Trimble schedule, it's pretty exciting. Uh, Weeks 4, 5, and 6 uh, you're not going to see a better schedule from many Division Six teams. Uh, they host Waterford, they host Fort Fry, and they host Lucas. Back to back to back weeks. Ooh. Those are going to be the three games where we find out just how important Trimble's senior class was last year. It was one of the best classes in Trimble history. Made it to a state championship game in Division Seven. 
during their junior season. They unfortunately did fall short during their senior season and lose in the second round, but this is a program with just so much history. They're not going to be lowering their expectations, and I really think those three games all in Gloucester are going to be the really show you what you need to know about these Trimble Tomcats in the 2020 season. Right, and again, yes, they did lose, and they they were uh, they won one playoff game, and they lost their second one. Right, that that's what my memory remembers. Yeah. Uh, and but that, they beat they beat an un they yeah. they played in the only 10 and 0 versus 10 and 0 game right, in right. the entire that, state of Ohio. And that it division should have, it believe, should have never happened. And that region had five undefeated teams. If yes, I'm, if I remember correctly. And it should have never happened because they were in Division Seven. They should have stayed down in Division Seven. And people have this was even before I started with the sports fan. This was with Troy and Lucas and Frazee all the way before. But now you know Trimble, who was Division Seven, went up to Division Six, and now after a one year hiatus, they're back to Division Seven. So it, it just was unfortunate circumstances with the OHSAA and the Trimble alignment because well, they had like one or two kids that, that they counted, which meant they were uh, bumped up a level. But since they graduated now, now they go back down. And it was the perfect year for Trimble to go and try to get that state title. And uh, yeah, I know I'm sending old, old, old ways and old, um, you know, old wounds that are open back up. But still, uh, Trimble did have a good, good team last year. It'll be uh, interesting to see how they can continue on their success here uh, for the upcoming season. Well, the, I think we just have to look at I mean, obviously it sucks because they had that uh, heavy senior class. You want to see them go out on top because they made the state championship the year before. But at the same time, it's not like they were going in the Division Six playoffs. They weren't getting battered like they were in both those. Well, they won the first one. And then, well, Mike, you might remember, what was the score of the second playoff game? Uh, I believe it was because they missed an extra point. Uh, 20, 20 to 19, yeah. They, yeah. they missed an so, extra I mean, point and then missed a two-point you know, conversion. It's not like they moved win. up a division got ran off the field. You know, They no. belonged playing there. But, but they wouldn't have had to go against an undefeated team against an undefeated team if they were down in Division 7. Like that whole situation... It would have been a cakewalk for them. I mean, they would have exactly. To so you're saying yeah. you want them to have a cakewalk to the to the cha- championship? I mean, they they were competing in Division Seven all these years, and then they go up to Division Six for a year when it's the most difficult, and they still went out there and competed, and then had to go back now down to Division Seven. Like that whole circumstance. I, I, I mean, just, they, I feel they could bad have for they could have really made it to the state title That's game in Division I think Six they, because the team that they lost to by one point, their next two games. Win by 14, right. win by 28. So all Trimble really had to do was get by that one team, and then they're sitting in the state title game. Right. Uh, it seems like Anna was just kind of head and shoulders above everybody in Division 6 yet last year, so that would have been a tough game. You look at Anna in the playoffs, win by 34, uh, win by 35, win by 30, uh, win by 34. So uh, I don't know if Trimble would have been able to compete there, but... This, but they would have at least made it to that point, I think, if they yeah, were in they, Division they could 7. Have, they could have made it to that point anyway in Division 6 if they just had a couple bounces go their way. Exactly. It wasn't like Division 6 was an unfair task for them to them to have to face. It, and also, the other thing that people don't realize, when they made the state title game in Division 7, they kind of had some lucky breaks. I, I believe they won three straight games by just one score. They could have easily yeah. lost earlier in the playoffs in Division 7 when they were juniors. And that's just what kind of happens when you get into further rounds in the playoffs. 
every team expect wins. It's just going to come down to maybe two or three plays here or there, uh, whether you catch an interception, convert a fourth down play, uh, get called for a holding penalty. A- anything like that can be the difference between advancing in the playoffs and going home, uh, especially beyond the first round because there are hardly ever any mismatches past the first round, no matter what division you play in, one or seven. And also, if you think about it, think if they do get past, they lost by a point. Think if they do get past that second-round playoff game and make the run. Isn't it way more validating knowing that you jumped up a division and you made it again? And I think it still is validating because you played a, you played back-to-back undefeated teams in the playoffs. You beat one of them, and then you lost by a point to the second one. It might be more validating. If they would have cakewalked their way through Division 7 to the state championship, I mean, their state runner it's, up. it's cool. They're state runner-up, though. I mean, that's a title you can't take away from them. It doesn't matter what division you're in. You made it there. So are they not validated all of a sudden because they no. lost that playoff game last year? They are. Um, listen, they are validated. But I'm just saying that it was an unfair situation for, listen, they had the talent to compete there. I'm not saying that they didn't have the talent. But the whole situation surrounding what Trimble had to go through, I think, was a little bit unfair. Because the two kids, they got bumped up to to uh, Division Six. Uh, so it, it was just, again, a tough situation where they might not have had to travel that far. They might not have had to go against a team that was undefeated that early in the postseason. Uh, you know, it, it, again, it was a tough, tough, uh, tough break in the postseason. And, of course, for Trimble, you, know, you just wait until you get to that postseason. Uh, you know, regular season's great and all. You went undefeated. Um, but still, you know, you, you want to make it as far as you can in the postseason. And I think for kids who are competing down in Division Seven, uh, yeah, again, they it would have been a little bit more impressive if they made it in Division Six. I, I agree with you there because you got more bigger schools in Division Six than you do in Seven. But they're basically a Division Seven school and competing up in Division Six. They whooped Nelsonville York. They're a Division Six school. The the other thing that I, I think that uh, needs to be stated, Triple gave up six points in, well, technically nine regular season games. Yeah. Um. You mentioned they were just waiting for the playoffs. Last year, that was true. This year, that's not going to be true. Uh, you know, week one, rivalry game, they got to go to Nelsonville, York. Uh, I know Nelsonville, York lost their two skilled playmakers, but with everything Trimble lost, that is by no means a gimme game for the Trimble Tomcats. And, you know, they still have to go to Vinton County. That's a school, what, two divisions bigger than Trimble? They're D4 or D3. Right. That'll be a difficult game. And then we already mentioned those back-to-back-to-back home games that are going to be great. Uh, I really think if you're a Trimble Tomcats football fan, you can circle five games this year and be excited and not walk in with the expectation that you're going to win by 30 points, which last season, every single game, they they walked in. Maybe you could say Worthington Christian or Wadford, maybe. But um, besides that, they, they they didn't have to execute. Pretty much and, anything. I mean, Roth, let's be honest. We, we would say that just to try to get hopeful that someone would have a d- decent game against Trimble so that we could watch it because we all knew they were going to blow everybody out last year. They were loaded. But the question I have for you is, is it the same kind of domination within the conference this year for them? Do you think a team like Waterford can take them to the end? Or I mean, Eastern last year made their first to- playoff first time in 18 years. They get their star running back, Newland, coming Both back again. Both running backs. Both exactly. the top two yeah, running backs they were, are back. I mean, I, I watched those two play. I mean, there really are one-two punch. I believe one's last name was Fitzgerald. 
Yeah. He was a bigger guy, and mm-hmm. he would just run the fullback trap up the middle. Then they give it to Newland off tackle, and he. Yeah. I mean, when I saw him play, he ran all over the place. So are there other teams that can really, uh, you know, push them this year in the in the conference? You think? Yeah, you know, they they lost uh, kind of those three bottom feeders. Um, but yeah, I really think Eastern should be expecting to finish second in the conference. Um, you'll see to. Uh, 10-9, Trimble goes to Eastern. That's going to be right after their three marquee home games. You know, that that's probably TBC Hawking game of the year. Uh, we'll see where Trimble is because they would have already played Waterford by that point. Um, so we'll kind of know where Trimble and Waterford stand, and then we'll probably have an expectation of if Eastern is going to be able to compete with Trimble by that time. Uh, y- you look at Eastern's schedule, and, you know, they've, they've got some winnable games. They actually traveled to Waterford the week prior to uh, hosting Trimble. So, uh, yeah, w- w- that, that'll that basically have the TVC Hawking title wrapped up um, because uh, Eastern ends the year with South Gallia, Belpre, and Southern. That's probably all wins. Uh, Tr- Trimble ends the year at Southern and at South Gallia. Uh, so, so the end-of-the-year schedules for these teams are pretty soft, so uh, we'll know who, who the top of the TBC Hawking is by week six or seven. Way too early playoff prediction. Who do you got going from the Hawking? Who do you got going from the Ohio? Who They, they had four, three or four teams last year. The Hawking had three teams from last year. I think Eastern. they're going to get three again this year. Uh, I think it's going to be interesting looking at how the playoff points are going to work because these Hawking teams have been used to beating up on Miller and on Federal Hawking and on Wahama. They get to play tougher teams, but also they could lose against those tougher teams. So we're we're really going to see the strength of the TVC Hawking this season. Uh, Eastern brings back a lot of pieces from a team that made the playoffs last year. I'd be surprised if they took a step back. I think ever betting against Waterford to make the playoffs is a bad bet at this point. You know, this is a, this I mean, a team that just is and, successful. And they always win in the playoffs, too. Like, they always get to yeah. round one. Yeah, I mean, they, they won a game last year, too, in the playoffs at yeah. home before falling to Harvest Prep by and they took, two scores. I, they battled in that Harvest Prep game. I know it kind of got out of hand towards the end of the game, but in the third quarter, they were down by a score with a chance to take it in and tie the game. So, I was so out I there. Say, I would say three Hawking teams... Uh, will make the playoffs and you know don't don't sleep on Belpre. Um I, I was trying to uh feed the Belpre hype train last season <laughs> in twenty nineteen and you know after their back to back forty two to twelve wins over Fedhawk and South Gallia that that was looking okay but they really ended the year tough with a thirty five to seven loss to Warren, a thirty nine to fourteen loss to Eastern and a twenty six to sixteen loss to Waterford. But this is a team that started the year pretty strong. You know, they competed with Fort Fry longer than pretty much anybody else did in the regular season uh, besides maybe one other team. Um, so that was just a great start to the year. And then, obviously, they got killed by Trimble. Everybody got killed by Trimble last year. But then they win five straight games against Miller, Wahama, Southern, Fedhawk, and South Gallia. Uh, we'll see what Belpre can do in their 2020 schedule. Now, it's looking a little bit different. They, they still start the year. At home against Fort Fry, but you know they play St. Mary's now. They play at Alexander. Um, they they play a school called River, which wasn't on the schedule last year, and it uh, it looks like they're still scheduled to play Fedhawks. So, um, yeah, we'll see what Belpre can do uh, with a kind of different schedule. Yeah, yeah, and of course we have to be. <laughs> I just remember our freshman year, the whole Belpre thing and gridiron glory was pretty funny. 
Yeah, because as we get uh, picked in the finish at the bottom. Didn't our predict Belpre to finish second last? And they went, they went like 7-3 and three that year, didn't they? And uh, I believe they finished yeah. third in the conference yeah, back in tough. 2018. They went 6-4. Six 6-4, and four, six and four, yeah. But uh, they, only, they only lost two, two conference games. They, they only lost to Waterford and to Trimble. And it's a, uh, hopefully, what do you guys think it's going to be for the high school landscape right now, though? Because the way that things are going now, uh, you know, we've been trying to get and see the light at the end of this tunnel. We thought that it might be a little bit of light, you know, with things reopening and opening back up. And now with things closing back down again and the cancellation of the Athens Attack baseball season, uh, you know, high school sports could be in danger uh, as we near closer and closer to August. Because, of course, uh, you know, August 1st, that's when you get those... Uh, workouts in the preseason workouts for football and other fall sports yeah it, it's tough for sure and also like you got to think about this you're not going to play high school sporting events without fans like it just wouldn't even make sense to do so i mean a lot of why there are high school sports are for parents and relatives to come watch and a lot of like the athletic department's money besides like boosters and stuff like that come from gate emissions right so the, the real one that would be a killer is basketball season yeah. because football you only have four to six home games a year depending on what your schedule looks like. Basketball, you bank on those 10 to 12 home games every single season. That brings in the most gate revenue for these high school, and pretty much basketball does pay for um, some of the other sports. Football, obviously, is another sport that draws a lot of attention and gate revenue. I, uh, I am optimistic that there will be uh, a high school football season. You've got AAU basketball uh, events going on uh, outside of the state of Ohio. Um, it, it seems like there uh, there's kind of less organization within uh, high school sports than there is college sports. Like college sports, they, there's uh, just a lot more hoops you have to go through. You have to travel outside of the state. Like Ohio could mandate that there are no teams that they play from outside the state of Ohio. Like Maslin uh, is scheduled to play Bishop Gorman in week one. Uh, at this point, I would be very surprised if Bishop Gorman was still allowed to make that trip to Ohio. But I would not be surprised if they went Maslin try and find a game against somebody else that scheduled an out-of-state opponent for week one and try to find a workaround because I, I really think that that's a potential solution. You, you keep it all within the state. Um, if students are back in school, uh, which I think everybody is hopeful for, uh, right now, uh, I, I think that uh, you should be hopeful that high school football can go on like normal. May maybe you have to have lower uh, attendance. Maybe you have to draw the limit sooner. Maybe you mandate all uh, fans to wear masks. I I'm not sure what you would have to do, but I, I think that there should be a goal to play high school football because a lot of these communities really do support their high school football teams. Like, that's one of the most important things you eat. You look at the town of Gloucester, and, like, you really can't go anywhere without seeing Trimble football stuff painted everywhere. And that town is just so proud of their football team. Um, I, I know we're kind of expecting a bit of a rebuilding year. I'm not sure if rebuilding is even a word that gets mentioned when talking about the Trimble football program. But I, I guarantee every single uh, parent and even just a, a member of the community wants to see them playing football this year and uh i, I think that there are um there are steps we need to take to to make that happen but it, it should be a goal i think that's a pretty good point you make also because a lot of the like the national powerhouse when it comes to high school football their first two three games are teams sometimes on the opposite coast so a lot of those games are going to have to be uh 
canceled and then it could be getting into some situations where they have to rush to schedule games and you have these powerhouses playing like a middle of the road team from around where they're where they're located well, and then what i wonder is, is what they do is if they create like an 11th week in the regular season you still only play 10 games but you get an 11th week for if somebody has to cancel a game so you can schedule they can schedule mm-hmm. a game at the end of the year against somebody else who had to so say some team has to schedule cancel a game in week one another team has to cancel a game in week three they can play each other in week 11 and still get that 10th game because i really wonder how computer points is going to work when you're comparing a team who only plays nine games versus a team that played 10 games like what if one team goes nine and one and one team goes eight and one and their their margin of difference is microscopically small where if that eight and one team beat literally any team in the state they would get to the playoffs. Are they going to be held out of the playoffs because they only got to play nine games? That That's another yeah. factor that you really don't want to discuss playoff points when discussing COVID yeah, and bringing yeah, yeah. high school football back, but that's just another thing. That, that team that does only get to play nine games, they're going to be upset about that, and you're going to have to figure out what you're going to do about that before the season starts because you can't just make up rules on the fly. Yeah, it's also funny that you because that literally happened. In my junior year, we uh, we had to play nine games because there was a whole rule about uh, if it got too hot, we had certain schools that didn't have AC. So, uh, like, our school got canceled past couple of days. The team we were supposed to play would have beat them by 50. But they couldn't practice, so we couldn't play them. The game just got scrapped. We played nine games, went, I believe we went 8-1, and one, and uh, we missed the fourth playoff spot by, like, point zero two because the other team played an extra game against a team that we would have smoked anyway. So, yeah, that does suck when it happens, but uh, yeah. that was a rough day. When you check those computer points, it'll be difficult trying to figure out a plan forward. You know, at the high school level, at the college level, I know ACC and Big Ten have been putting plans together, and we'll talk about it when we return. You're listening to the Sports Fan at 970 and 97.1 FM. W-A-T-H. Windows down or AC on? Either way, there's no better way to beat the heat than with ice-cold favorites from McDonald's. Now get any size Minute Maid slushie for $2 in sweet flavors, fruit punch, blue raspberry, or new pink lemonade. Or get a refreshingly bold McCafe iced coffee, any size, for $1.69. To beat the heat, there's nothing sweeter than an icy treat. It's not just a drink. It's a McDonald's drink. Prices and participation may vary. Limited time only. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Minute Maid is a registered trademark of the Coca-Cola Company. In today's world, the last thing you need is a broken cell phone. If you've got equipment in need of repair, Athens Cell Phone and Electronic Repair is here to help. Athens Electronic Repair services all brands of electronics, cell phones, tablets, game systems, and more. Plus, during the health crisis, Athens Cell Phone and Electronic Repair offers home pickup and delivery and a contact-free drop-off kiosk outside the store. Don't work from home with a busted computer. Call Athens Cell Phone and Electronic Repair at 740-590-1677 or visit the shop at 386 Richland Avenue, Athens. Have you heard of Project Rise? Are you a parent in Athens, Meigs, Perry, or Vinton counties? We provide internships, job shadowing, work-study, transition planning, and graduation coaching. All students and parents have free access to these resources. For more information, please find us on Facebook at AMESC Project Rise. There are numerous free events and resources that you need to know about. Act now. Project Rise will help you with your future after high school. Follow us on Facebook at AMESC Project Rise. Wherever you are, 
be that change you feel that you don't see enough of. Your household, friends, job, or school could grow through your life. We need tough love, need kindness and care, conversations to understand each other, patience for these wounds, and day-by-day actions to love our brothers. No matter who you are, your life could shine a path. Be the change. Brought to you by SPWorkLab.com. If you see news happening, call 740-205-8615. That's 740-205-8615. It could win you $50 in gift certificates from Airclaws, the Athens Area Chamber of Commerce, and the station that's first with news in Southeast Ohio, 970 WATH. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. This is the Sports Fan on 970 WATH. And the Sports Fan right here on 970 WATH. Bill's Mike along with Joe Medor and Michael Roth, the Sports Director over at WUB. 6.46 on the clock, 85 degrees and partly cloudy outside here. 10th of July, Sports Fan presented by J&K Contracting. I always appreciate their support. We got you for about 14 more minutes before CBS hits at the top of the hour. And then Cincinnati Reds baseball, they got a replay coming your way. Uh, It's a Friday. Forgot about the Reds talk that happens on Wednesdays. We've had so many baseball games with Athens over the week. Uh, But we normally would have, you know, Athens baseball. uh, Well, we have Reds on Wednesdays, Reds talk, then Blue Jackets, then Reds. I think the Blue Jackets have stopped sending us stuff. Uh, as they prepare to get ready for their NHL season opening back up again. Plus the uh, the Reds today with the rerun, hopefully. And then uh, Saturdays, of course, the Ohio State uh, reruns. And Ohio State, after this week, this will be their final uh, rerun that, that they'll be airing on the station. Uh, so things are changing. Things are evolving. And uh, one of the things right now in college that's evolving is a lot of conferences right now are saying we're only playing games in conference or in the ACC's uh, standpoint. Uh, they will not have any competition before August, uh, before September 1st. Uh, so that's a, a change right there from the Atlantic Coast Conference. Uh, but the university, also the uh, University of Michigan says two athletes test positive for a second round testing period of COVID-19. Uh, but Atlantic Coast Conference Commissioner John Warford said the league expects to make a decision on fall sports in late July. COVID uh, pushing things back until September. Uh, college right now is in the process of just figuring things out and trying to get ready as quick as possible with these fall sports uh, coming soon. Yeah, well, uh, I know we want to try to stay optimistic, but it's it just it's really tough to imagine uh, just as more we hear more stories about athletes coming and testing positive. I mean, Ohio State wouldn't even release the, the results of their tests of their athletes. So, uh, you, like we talked about this yesterday, Connor, it's, a, it's much easier for a professional athlete to, you know, play, go to practice, come home, continue to isolate with the people they've been doing it with. They don't have to worry about going out if they don't want to but when you're a college student if they have colleges in if they have in class classes in the uh 
in the fall, if you're a college student athlete, you can't not go to class. You know what I mean? Uh, so you're going to have to be interacting with people. It's quite impossible to stay isolated. I mean, you, you have roommates in college, for crying out loud, that you, you know, that they all go do their own thing. You all have different classes, and you all are exposed to different people. Then you come back into one spot and can spread anything. It's just really tough to, ima- to imagine a way that they're going to make a, a safe way to, to uh, have all these sports happen in the fall. I hope I'm wrong, but as of right now, it, it's, not, it's not looking too great. I agree, Joey. I, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but I, I would be pretty stunned at this point if there were college sports happening anytime really in the near future. Um, I, I think the biggest difference between uh, the college sports and the professional sports, not, not only you mentioned that college athletes, they can't isolate. They have to go to class. Um, they have to interact with other people. You, you can't put them in a bubble. There's 130 Division One FBS football programs. There's 300 Division One college basketball programs. You can't put those in a bubble like you can the 30 uh, NBA teams or, at this point, 22 NBA teams. That's even easier. And we already see how much they have to go through just to get those 22 teams to be uh, as safe as possible. Without paying the players, there's not really the incentive, I feel like, for the college athletes to uh, risk getting the virus, um, which is why I really would be stunned if there was a college sports season. Uh, I, I know that uh, I was just excited about the high school sports season, and you can kind of make the same points about the high school sports season, but I really think that the travel is much easier for the high school sports because you can like limit it to the state. Um, you can have even a, limit it to to the community too because when you're high school yeah. sports you know this is just you know maybe you know, i had five sending districts go to my high school when i was growing up right so you'd have those five schools and then they'd all go to the same high school so regardless i mean if you're going to have school open again then you can still have you know it's still kind of contained if you stay within you know where you're from you know if you stay within athens county you know athens county won't spread it over to you know the surrounding counties and it's impossible to test every high school athlete legitimately impossible uh like if you tested every single student in even just the tvc ohio that would be like more tests than major league baseball has to go through for the entire league yeah so uh i feel like it is probably likely that if there is high school sports they're going to unknowingly spread to other you would hope, healthy young athletes, um, where in college sports you have the resources to test everybody, which is great because you're going to be identifying who has the virus and how to maybe neutralize it the best you can, um, which unfortunately is likely going to cost the schools the opportunity to play because we're really just finding out how prevalent this virus is. I mean, North Carolina had 51 total student athletes, staff, and coaches test positive. You know, I know everybody was talking about the eight at Ohio University, but that's a very small number compared to 51 at North Carolina. And I think overall, Athens County has done a nice job trying to curb the spread of the virus. And because of that, you know, we were able to have 18 baseball games uh, for Athens' attack this season, you know, due to the efforts earlier on, uh, I think that we had 
uh, what we had, and plus when people are coming back from all over the place, uh, you know, getting ready for college, you know, yeah, you're going to have a lot of spread now because you know, people were from all over the place. Well, and another thing you have to think about with the whole testing high schoolers versus college kids thing is, uh, as much as you like it or not, a student athlete is different than an a, or is different than a student at a on a college campus. So you can you can uh, justify testing them, but. In high school, a lot of the kids, especially around here, aren't going to go on to play college sports. It's really just something you do up until high school and you're done. You can't really justify, we're going to test just our football players at a high school when you have all these other kids that are also there that you're denying a test because they don't play the sport of football. Right. Uh, and are you not going to test the cheerleaders or the marching band? Yeah. Like, right. So, yeah. I mean, expand your, your definition of sports, you know, just after-school activities. You know, what about the drama club? Or what about, you know, anybody that's a large gathering of kids outside of a classroom, which is a large gathering of kids in, in a place. Um, but you mentioned a bubble, right? And we're switching gears to baseball. Just quick, quick hit before we have to go to CBS at the top. Uh, but Blue Jays infielder Travis Shaw says he is not interested in confining himself to the hotel attached to the Rogers Center for the summer if Major League Baseball is granted an exemption from the Canadian government to play baseball in Toronto amid the pandemic. The Blue Jays have created a quarantine environment at Rogers Center and are adjoining Toronto Marriott City Central Hotel during training camp. The current exemption does not cover the regular season and player travel between the U.S. and Canada. The Blue Jays are hoping for an exemption for the season, but any exemption will likely mean that they will be confined to the hotel. I saw some crazy things as in the Blue Jays staying within a bubble, and if they're outside, found it outside, they'd be fined. Uh, but it, it's... Uh, not a uh, ideal situation for the Blue Jays and Major League Baseball trying to coordinate between two different governments. Well, I mean, Connor, we we talk about this. I find it really hard to believe they're going to start sending a bunch of American baseball teams up to Canada <laughs> during during all this time, uh, especially because it seems like Canada is starting to handle this virus a lot uh, better than we are. We're kind of seeming to have a spike while they seem to have been starting to figure out. So I find it really hard to believe. Hockey's one thing because I mean. More than half the the NHL are Canadians to begin with, so and I believe that both of the bubbles are going to be in Canada. Yeah, yeah, um, exactly. So and once you once you test those American players that are coming from America, if they have the virus, they don't go to Canada, and then the second they're cleared of the virus, they go to Canada and they're in a safer place. Then they would be. That that that's the other factor that I think is kind of being hidden here, especially when talking about the NBA players. You look at all these positive tests with the NBA players, we're finding that while they're just living their daily lives. If you cancel the NBA season, all of those players would be going out in the public and probably having the chance to spread get the virus. Yeah. I, I truly believe that they will be safer once they arrive in the bubble and less likely to get the virus than if the NBA completely scrapped their season and right, because you have said yeah. we're going to start December next year. Right, you have all those guys down in Orlando right now, mm -hmm. and then if all of a sudden you're like, ah. Well, we can't really do it. Then they all spread all the way back out, and whoever caught what's going to spread all over the country what again. And they go, again. they go back to Texas, which is having another like, yeah, huge, right. huge exactly. hit right now. Um, yeah, so now baseball's trying to do it differently. They're trying to have teams travel all across the country. We'll see how that works. I'm a, I'm a bit more skeptical of how that works, but, you know, um, baseball is a sport with less contact in between players. Um, so, like, if one baseball player had it, he's less likely to give it to the entire rest of the team. Where if one basketball player has it, it's kind of likely he, he's going to give it to other players. You saw in the yeah, NBA, with the Jazz, Gobert had it. Yeah. He gave it to Christian Wood. Well, we don't know if he gave it to Christian Wood or if Christian Wood gave it to him, but also Mitchell had it. Uh, other players had it. So it 
seems like it spreads in between the basketball teams quicker than it would in between the baseball teams if one player or coach would happen to get the virus. Right, and uh, this is what baseball is, is kind of planning to do, right, with uh, trying to restart things. High fives and fist bumps are out. Hugs are a no-go. And <laughs> just like so crying, spitting uh, is a no-go. No spitting in baseball, yeah. at least for now. Things will be sure different when it's time to play ball in two weeks. How many games do you think it takes stands? before somebody spits in one of the games? Just out of, well, like, I'm literally, really they do it all the time. Three innings. Probably, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's Again, it's very. Uh, it's going to be a different situation. Yeah, some people, be different some people, it's like part of their pitching routine. They'll throw a pitch, step off, mount, spit, and then back on the mount. Like, it's right. how, literally how they pitch. Baseball players, right, are creatures of, of repetition, right? Like, you're never going to go step on the foul line when you're entering into the field of play, right? I mean, that's that's superstition, right? I've done it. Have, <laughs> so you break superstition. Yeah, I mean, I think I pretty had a pretty good day afterwards, too. So Also, um, I know that there's a chance that they would contract the virus after testing, but if you just gave the test to corona and you come back negative, you don't have it, so you're spit does not matter. You, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's not just yeah. going to appear from your spit. If, if you no one in the ballpark has it, then you exactly. spit, There's then, no yeah, way. you're There's not going to no, get the Nothing hurt. It's just the problem is we can't identify it within five minutes of you taking a test. So there's a chance that you test, you test negative, you don't have the virus, and then within 12 hours, you get the virus, and then you show up to the ballpark. You know. That's, that's what the problem. It, what's why they're taking those precautions. What's a healthy perk out of this is we'll probably have less players chewing tobacco now because you can't spit. So... If there's anything positive, we have less the sunflower seed industry is getting killed. Less jaw cancer coming out of uh, baseball players because <laughs> they won't be uh, packing a fat load during the game anymore. Yeah, I guess not. Nice spin zone. Yeah. But it's still going to be a, uh, a different game when it comes back, and hopefully it does come back. Uh, but baseball trying to come back. NHL nearing. I think they're in phase three right now. Phase four means they're a go. And, of course, NBA is planning on coming back at the end of this month. It's the 10th. They got about 21 more days until uh, the first NBA game uh, resumes down in Florida. I guess they have their hub city down in Florida. And didn't you see somebody over there, right, was ungrateful for the hotel room they were given in that Florida bubble. It was circulating on social media, and I, I just can't believe it. Listen, it's a it's a hotel room. I can't imagine that they're paying for it. NBA yeah. has to pay for I it. I don't know, like... I don't know what they were expecting, like the Bellagio it, type rooms or something. Five like you're, star you're, you're gonna be in Florida for like a few. Uh, like and a also, month. he was a player on the Lakers. The Lakers got the nicest <laughs> hotels, quote right. unquote. So I, I don't even want to see the the horrible living circumstances. Imagine what the I'm Wizards sure. have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're not gonna get any sympathy from us or anybody around here just because that you, you think. You should that. look at my apartment. <laughs> yeah, you really want. There's to nothing in about it. Living, yeah. Living situation. AC's not on. Yeah, we'll, we'll see if Rondo likes uh, likes coming here. Yeah. <laughs> You think you think Rajon Rondo could do it on a cold night in MacArthur, Ohio? Because I don't know. Uh, who knows? Anyway, this has been the Sports Fan presented by JK Contracting. Appreciate you being with us. Appreciate the sports director from WEB, Michael Roth, uh, joining us as always. Uh, great to have him on. For Joey Medora, this is Connor Mills signing off. The next Sports Fan coming your way 6.06 on Monday. Enjoy the rest of your weekends. Year of service to Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. W-A-T-H, FM.